Hey everybody, welcome to the third part of our three-parter on AI direction for Ember Sword. As always, I'm Svetlin, your, I guess, not-so-humble man who tries to drive the conversation. And we yet again have Lauren, our executive producer. And this time, the topic is going to be Dynamic Adventures. Now, Lauren, what does Dynamic Adventures mean? Right, so... You know, um, let's just maybe start with defining what dynamic adventures are not. Um, You know, because that'll be easier, right? Uh, I mean, we've had this conversation a million times, right? How much we love getting into, like, a game and, you know, have the start of our epic adventure be to collect ten pelts off of these, you know, wolves or collect five candles or ten poison glands off of the spiders. It's humble Um, beginnings, though. (laughs) <laughs> admittedly, admittedly, maybe it's just a part of a kind of a hazing ritual that any MMO <laughs> player has to go through. I suffered uh, through this, now you will. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Back in my day, when we got into MMOs, <laughs> we also had to grind for 30 hours before we got to any meaningful content. So I'm sure as hell going to make you suffer through the same suffering that I had to go through. My 56k modem didn't die, so you can have easy adventuring, you bitch. <laughs> right, exactly. So, um, so <laughs> that is that is you know that is absolutely not something that I think anyone would describe as a dynamic adventure. Absolutely. And um, and in fact, you know, is 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 probably more one of the sources of frustration. And you know, when I think of dynamic adventures, oddly, I don't typically think of MMOs again because you know they're not very dynamic. But I tend to think of you know like plain old tabletop you know dungeons and dragons oh hell yeah my uh, man <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean you know those types of adventures and i know you svetlin you you obviously uh <laughs> i'm very big on dnd if uh, if any of y'all are in, are in the discord and you should be ping me i'll tell you all kinds of insane dnd stories you want to know when to not touch a stone that will destroy the world i know <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And that kind of, you know, that immediately brings me sort of to a core point, right? Like, the way D&D can offer such great experiences without awesome 4K graphics and, you know, and, and a dev team that, you know, that burned through millions to make you an amazing game experience is largely because of, you know, that human factor and the human imagination it brings to the table and that role of the game master that is trying to make the experience meaningful and awesome for everyone around the table. And sort of, um, essentially, our AI director specifically on, you know, on the point of dynamic adventures was kind of like bringing uh, an AI game master into your experience at at the kind of you know quest and adventure level right, right. Um, so you know kind of bring you that experience that previously you would you know kind of need a human game master to have mm-hmm. where you're going like uh, as, as, a, as a group of players or as an individual you're going through uh, quests and adventures that actually have meaningful decisions that affect the storyline of what's going to happen and those don't even need to be such massive decisions just you know think of you know taking the relic of the altar while you were told not to or you know maybe the other way around the typical you know Aladdin and the lamp versus the treasure experience where it's like you know you can take only the lamp but don't touch the treasure and then right. you know undoubtedly one of your players and then you know this is one of those really interesting things if, if you can make 
make it can accomplish them right uh, as a game master you can then say hey you know you spot like this amazing sword right that's lying around in the treasure room right mm -hmm. and you know as the game master there is one guy in your team you know who is just going to want that sword and damn the consequences <laughs> right <laughs> and and you know he's, he's gonna mess up the team right uh and that's interesting you know you get these very interesting experiences where it's a trade-off between what an individual player in the party wants and what's good for the party as a whole and that decision suddenly unleashes hell upon them and you know has really significant consequences and those are kind of the dynamic adventures we you know we would like to send players on so essentially the dynamic adventures are experiences that feel curated but are generated by the game if i'm understanding that correctly yeah yeah pretty much much exactly like that um something that feels like it's curated that feels like it was made to size for you that feels like there was someone watching who clearly understood what you know interesting triggers to provide uh for you to have a great experience so how would we how would we go about the minutia of this because i've been thinking about this a decent bit um Say you, you bring up that example with the sword. Is going is there going to be like flavor text that uh, is attached to that particular encounter? Is there going to be some something extra to add on to the experience to make it feel even more unique in those instances? Yeah, so um, I, I think probably um, a, a good way to uh, to look at that is kind of going from you know where the original I would even say sort of notion comes from for me which is uh, way back when uh, is like I you know I had the pleasure of working on the world's first MMO FPS which was called Neocron oh god Neocron you guys are in for a treat <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and and Neocron um, you know for a period of time I led sort of the GM team there and eventually like you know this was early days of the MMO era sort of you know EverQuest was the leading MMO out there, um, and uh, and we had a quite a sizable game master team, uh, about 25, 30 people, a lot of Valor volunteers in there, and mm -hmm. and like I think one of the unique things we really did there was organize really great sort of events. And obviously that was always held back by the fact that it was people powered and you know right. uh, you can only entertain so much out of i think at that point in our peak or something we had like thirty thousand paying subscribers or thirty five thousand paying subscribers so there's only so many of those you can entertain as a gm <laughs> but um this is i think kind of where that idea was born and i mean we're talking like almost two decades ago or something right um where you know that was an mmo that was still very much built in you know initially in someone's garage and then scaled up to a full-on company and got published by cdv and you know the engine wasn't exactly fantastic uh, the <laughs> server technology you know was zone based and uh with loading in between zones and an individual server dedicated to his zone and if more than like 300 people would stack up in an individual zone oh, they would uh, 
pretty much crash the zone and then everyone <laughs> would be stuck in sinking hell for <laughs> who knows how long um and then you know kind of load back in and, and try really hard to get to the zone boundary before they sinked out again right so you kind of saw people appearing out of thin air walking three steps towards the exit disappearing and you know doing that over and over again to make their way out anyway you know uh all <laughs> jokes on 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 olden mmo technology aside you know i did not build the technology stack for neocron um i mostly helped them find some really horrible issues with it um <laughs> Um, including one brilliant one where literally you could send like the um, I did damage to an enemy player um, command uh, to the server uh, along with like some infinitely large number and the list of every single player in the zone and they would just instantly die all of them <laughs> solid uh, fantastic yeah fa fantastic stuff but yeah so you know barring those those are like side stories for another podcast I think but the thing that was really interesting is um, um, uh, included in Neocron, initially mostly for debugging purposes and development purposes, was a massive list of commands that would allow you to spawn every creature in the game um, and, you know, even take the shape of any creature in the game and a lot of other cool stuff like that. And the thing is, they left in an ability to also make little script files that would execute a whole bunch of commands in a, in a row. And me being the techie that I was, uh, I basically ended up building like complete scripts that would spawn particularly interesting combinations of enemies, items, gear, stuff, you know, even sending messages out to players in the, in the vicinity. Um, and we basically ended up building sort of a, you know, D&D type storylines with large groups of players um, huh. in, in, in that format. And it took a lot of human work. There was a lot of, you know, invisible game masters floating about spawning stuff and doing things to make things happen. But, you know, we literally organized invasions of particular segments of the city or you know the the outside zones and uh and basically worked all the way through the storyline with people and doing that all manually uh but you know the best way we could at least using scripts to kind of you know uh make you capable of doing things 10 20 times faster um, and, and this is kind of where i think that notion grew and you know ever since i've kind of you know been tinkering away when I was involved with these types of, you know, MMO projects at systems that uh, do this um, on, on, on scale without any, shall we say, uh, GM involvement, rather, you know, being sort of the AI game master. You know, I remember back in the day, I, I you know, <laughs> I, I co-founded Chaos War, which unfortunately never, you know, sort of saw the light of day. Uh, but that was also an MMO, and, and there, for example, um, we were integrating this too. So we were integrating this um, in such a way, for example, that uh, there was like, you know, in, in, in zones outside of one of the main cities, huge, you know, conflicts would erupt, and actual dropships would land in the city to pick up players and take them to the battle, and there would be, you know, emergency broadcasts going on, that there was an invasion happening, there and you know yeah. things like that exactly and um, and these these things these uh, these experiences would typically scale from like when you do it with AI right it can scale from a you know an individual to a group of four or five all the way to like freaking hundreds of players 
um, which is you know really unique. Obviously, uh, in Neocron, we could typically only do it for very large groups because we were trying to give as many people a great experience as possible. But the few times that we did it with small groups was also really amazing. Like we organized sort of these adventures, for example, for like just pre-release, we organized one of these adventures for the press. Uh, we actually took them on like a whole adventure through the Neocron world. And they were like, you know, that was literally sort of a, a party of maybe seven to 10 people uh, getting a whole custom adventure in that way. And cool. so so it was kind of that that led to, uh, and, and like I said, this is almost two decades ago, but that led to me uh, starting to develop further this notion of AI-based dynamic adventures. And of course, you know, in, in Ember Sword, we are... Uh, taking that to a much further extreme because, you know, in Neocron, right, uh, there were some things that we could do that were kind of cool, right? Like, for example, there were objects in the world that we could also spawn. So we could place like a, a chest with some contents in it, etc. But that was kind of, you know, where our leeway to create stories stopped. So it wasn't like we could create a base in the middle of the uh, wastelands, let's say, right? We yeah. just couldn't spawn that kind of stuff. And what we're doing, you know, and, and, and even I would say with something like Chaos War, uh, the technology we were using at the time was maybe not as dynamic that we would be able to do that same thing, like create a camp out of nowhere, for example. Yeah. And with, with Ember Sword, uh, also partially because of the decisions we've taken on, on the tech side and keeping it super accessible and lightweight uh, so that you can actually load it straight up in a browser, things like that. It means that we had to use a lot of clever dynamic technology, which mm -hmm. also means that, you know, and hell, we even have, you know, uh, player owned land where you can, you know, put down your own buildings and such. So obviously, obviously, all of our content that we're planting in the world is potentially dynamic so there suddenly we can go a lot further we could literally generate a complete city out of thin air in our game world if we had to right hmm. um and that is something that we're sort of tapping into for uh like these dynamic adventures right so what we're trying to do there is uh actually sort of you know the next level after uh you know the challenge matching whereas the challenge matching is more like on an engagement an epic engagement level and is like bringing on interesting stuff from outside the screen to you know have combat for example be really cool right here it's mostly affecting the the moment-to-moment -moment player experience yeah exactly exactly like we've got sort of like i would say almost three levels to it right you've got uh what is essentially your cinematic combat that affects what's exactly on your screen mm -hmm. then you've got uh you know the challenge matching that we talked about in the last podcast which affects what happens right outside of your screen and then we've got essentially dynamic adventures and that kind of affects what goes on in the world if you will right yeah. so what dynamic adventures are all about is our AI game master looking at like this group of five players and thinking, you know, wow, they've been going through this forest for a while now. We should organize something really interesting for them. And what happens is, you know, it'll spawn like an NPC that'll come running towards them. That'll say, hey, help, my caravan has been ambushed. Uh, you know, my, my family's locked down. My wife's locked down there. You know, uh, you've got to help us. Right. 
and hence you go on that adventure you choose to accept that quest but it's not you know a quest from some rando quest giver that's just standing you know straight in the middle of town with a big exclamation mark over his head waiting for you to trigger him no it's something that we have created specifically for your group and when I say we, I, I of course mean the AI Game Master, right? So right. the AI Game Master knows you're with five players. Um, you are, uh, you know, you are at this kind of a level, right? And thus it can create an experience that will be particularly interesting with enemies that are off the right level, with challenges that are off the right level. Like literally to the extent, you know, I'll name a simple example. Let's say you have to uh, go you know, as part of some quest that is dynamically generated, you have to find like, you know, uh, the mouth of this huge like cavernous system where you have to go in and there is an item you must retrieve in order to like, you know, save someone, right? from maybe you know some some horrible disease they've fallen into and you know the only cure is there in the cavern right and it you know our ai director knows that this is five players right then you might actually find that you know towards the end of that cavern area right there is the item you're looking for but in order to unlock access to it there's actually four individual platforms with switches which must be pushed by one player each right mm -hmm. in order to unlock you know the the final item hence you know the ai director understands right much like uh you know a game master would understand in a, in a DD game i have five people to work with this is yeah. really interesting i can give them the challenge to split up right and all work towards this one big goal of each pushing the switch at the same time and then the fifth player taking the item while they're holding down the split switches and then they will have to get out of there before you know something else horrible might happen the cavern might collapse etc right and again uh, second, in second um, insert here. Uh, for legal purposes, Ember Sword is not encouraging you to split your party in D and D. Never do that. <laughs> it works at Ember Sword, but we're better than D and D. <laughs> no, no, it's it's, it's very <laughs> ill-advised. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but there, there you go. So that kind of gives, I think, a, a really good impression of sort of what we're doing there uh, when it comes to this generation of quests, rather than just having one fixed set of quest lines where occasionally mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's no pelts and poison fangs left for you to collect and <laughs> then you just go out there and smash some creatures until you get far enough through the game that you're ready to take on your next pre-scripted adventure here we're just you know like we literally call this the adventure finds you mm -hmm. and you know it's 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 one of our core tenets of the game and similarly to something that we kind of touched upon in the prior podcast also um is uh, thanks to the fact that we've got these capabilities, right? Um, we can also adjust the loot, the items that you're going to get as part of such a quest, right? Um, yeah. And that is, you know, that is that is truly great, right? We talked about just just a moment about the, uh, you know, the the Aladdin experience where you know don't touch all of this other stuff. You're only here for this item, right? Um, that gets really interesting when our AI game master decides, you know, 
out of these four players that are on this quest, one of them is like, you know, definitely, you know, mostly skilled with a sword. <laughs> he's got sword gear. I'm going to put this really amazing sword here that he's going to want to have, right? Uh, yet, you know, if he takes it, his whole party is going to be in a hell of a, you know, tough spot. Uh, and so you get this really interesting situation evolving where, you know, maybe uh, some really cool reward is offered even that you know is a trap, right? But you have the balance <laughs> of, am I going to put my party first or am I going to put me first or is my party okay with the fact that I'm going to, like, you know, <laughs> bring down hell upon them just because, uh, you know, because I want that sword. And, and these kind of things, I think, are, are super, super interesting uh, to expose players to and kind of see what will happen there. And similarly, of course, with the, you know, with the reward end of things uh, on, on the more bright side, you know, not the evil, you know, let's see what happens here side. <laughs> um, you know, obviously at the end of such adventures, because our AI game master designed the adventure for this group of players, it can also be sure that the reward is something that is valuable for all or at least one of them, right, uh, on a consistent basis. Yeah. And these are things that make your game just so much, so much more of a better experience, right? Um, you're less of a victim to randomness that is sort of feast or famine all the time, right? Where, you know, you, you go on a whole bunch of these and every time something drops that's useless to you. Uh, and then, you know, three days in a row, suddenly you're getting everything that's all you um you know it, it's 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 more fun if uh if there is more frequently and more reliably something of value for you and i mean you know this from a DD perspective right i mean it's always so great when you like complete the adventure that you're going on complete that quest and there is you know something unique and amazing for everyone uh, that <laughs> makes them that makes it kind of caps off the experience that is true and and in the D&D campaigns I play, it's mostly emotional trauma in terms of rewards. <laughs> I do see what you mean. <laughs> All right. Well, be forewarned. Uh, if you join any of Svetland's D&D campaigns, now you know. Um, he's definitely the, the, the evil GM that just... Oh, uh... it's definitely going to be miserable. You're going to have a, a cow of a time, but don't expect to be able to sleep at night after it. All right. So that concludes our podcast on Dynamic Adventures, and that concludes our three-part series on AI direction. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Lauren, for taking the time to school us on these various systems of Ember Sword. And keep it locked. Keep if you want. If you have any questions towards us, uh, I'm going to be on the Discord pretty much constantly. That's the Ember Sword Discord, the official one. And should you have any questions, if you want to learn about my D and D trauma message me there and I'll reply as best as I can. Hey you, you made it to the end. Congratulations! That must mean you like us enough to want more, right? Well, good news! We're all over the internet. Go to embersword.com and subscribe to our newsletter for a chance to play the game early, as well as the latest interesting tidbits on the game and the team. Join our lovely Discord community over at discord.gg embersword. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at playembersword for regular updates on what we're up to. And remember the basics, drink water, be kind to each other, and spread the word about Ember Sword. <laughs>